Bells will be ringing. And who do do do? Say Merry Christmas. I can't lie. I can't lie. That's a good, that's a pretty good Aaron Neville. No, that hey, wasn't Aaron Neville. That was Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I tried to go Aaron Neville on you because that's just one that popped into my head when you sang that. It's upon us. I heard it in the... I was shopping for dungarees today, Reggie, and the Christmas music is already wearing me out. Well, on my way to Thanksgiving, Amy said, we're, we're listening to Christmas music you know, this year. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to let it go. Because normally it's on our way home that we do it. But I'll let it go. Because it's 2020. Yeah, it's 2020. You got to have some joy. But I will say this. There are some Christmas songs that I really hate. And I think I've finally come to the conclusion I don't like McCartney's Simply Having Wonderful Christmas Time. Okay. The bells are up. I hate you think, it. You think it was uh, 280s? Was that 80? No, was 80s pop? Time frame when he was singing with Michael Jackson, that 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 area gets on my nerves. It's kind of like the Four Nine Blind song. <laughs> <laughs> so that one does too. I, I think, uh, yeah, I've heard a few people that that song irritates the hell out of them. Now, however, I did hear one, "Father Christmas" by the Kinks. Okay, I love. I also heard Donny Hathaway. You know what I'm talking about? Donnie Soul. Smooth soulful. R&B. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to write these down. This Christmas, I think was what I heard. I like it. Really good. I always like the uh, Run DMC. <laughs> that, was my, that was my favorite. Uh, it just takes me back to childhood. <laughs> By the fireside. The we stockings. To, good old to, Run DMC. We used to get down to some... Run DMC, my basketball high school days, because that's when it was starting. And they said, you know, you got to have an intro song to run out to. And our coach was this guy who thought he was hip. He was the assistant coach. He's like, what do y'all think about this? And it was um, Control with uh, Michael Jackson's sister. What's her Janet. name? Janet Jackson. And JJ. We, we, we looked at him like, Dude, no. We, there's no. They already think we're a bunch of pussies at St. Paul's. <laughs> we are not running out there to a Janet Jackson song. No. We so, came out to flying high again, to Ozzy Osbourne. Mm, right? Well, that's right. That's manly and tough and that's rock right. and roll. We didn't. We didn't. We were trying to push for Run DMC, but it was too soon <laughs> with rap. The, the the coaches were not going for it. We ended up compromising with something. I can't remember. I can almost wish you envision you in the bowler hat and the, the gold chain with the run rev doing layups. <laughs> That's unbelievable how it started only back then and is now like the number one go-to music for probably the U.S., the whole U.S., maybe the world. This is true. So, what's been happening with you? It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm uh, 
wrapping up the year, um, probably about 50% down on income based on COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's been the one. So I, I've become a more patient person, not uh, trying to control everything around me. I'm trying to um, be healthy and mentally and physically and all that. It's been it's been a challenge. It has been. I know it's it's got to get better. It's been several months since we've done this. I know because mm-hmm. it's been because it's, of it. It's it's been exacerbated, I guess. But but it's it's been just one hell of a good time this year. I don't know. I'm just having so much dead gum fun. I can barely contain myself. Yeah, love I'm... wearing my mask. <laughs> I love forgetting my mask in the car and turning around and walking back back to my car to get it. I bet you're like uh, Yosemite Sam walking back to your car. (laughs) I Every once in a while, I feel like, man, I'm just going to freaking not wear it. And uh, I just haven't gotten to that point yet. I, I still wear the damn thing because... And you get that look. I you don't know, they want give you to that get look. any looks. They give you that look, Reg. You know, they'll give you that look. Yeah, well, I don't know how I'll respond to the look. That's why I wear a mask. Not because I'll get the look. Because I don't know what I'll say or do to someone if they say something to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's really it. Because I, I don't think I can control everything. I know. I, but, I might where, lose it on somebody. Where it's come to, where it's where I've noticed it's come to is the people that will just wear the mask on the chin, yeah, and walk around with it. Well, they have the mask on, but they're you know they're wearing it like a like a theatrical beard. That's like the kids that wear their pants below <laughs> below their butt cracks. And I don't put my mask. Put your pants. Pull your pants up. Pull your damn mask up. I don't. Wear, <laughs> no, man. I don't put my mask over my mouth, my nose. That's for the us for the old farts. That's the hip hop way to I wear, wear mine low. Yeah. I well, I, I understand why they do. The masks. Yeah. So we're back on the masks. Um, a brief interruption. We had to pause for our. For our sponsor, didn't we? There. Our producer is an absolute loser. Producer. So anybody out there looking for a big time, big paying Mel. producing job, <laughs> we're replacing Jorge because that son of a bitch doesn't know what he's doing. I'll just say we sponsored for our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Trojan condoms. <laughs> I wear them. Reggie wears them. I wear them just for the day in and day out. I just wear them around. Yeah. I don't use them for anything except, you know, running, jogging. Christmas uh, decorations. Everything. So, they're very comfortable. Tight. Keeps you uh, slim, fit, trim. It breathes sometimes. Protected. So, uh, let's talk about it. I mean, we, we, you and I literally have had three conversations in two months, probably. That's exactly right. And um, well, these podcasts are a catch-up <laughs> mechanism. I have uh, been working. Golf has kept me sane once a week or so. Maybe my wife would say three times a week, but I'd say you know once a week, getting out there, getting mad about me not hitting a chip shot well is way better than the alternative. 
of getting mad about an election. Helping your boy with math homework. A riot (laughs) or common core math for six-year-olds. I'd like, we should just breeze on past the election. It just goes nowhere, right? Yeah, it's still, it hadn't been, it ain't complete no matter what people want or think. It ain't over. It's not over, but it's also like the equivalent of talking about the Hatfields and McCoys. They're just, they're always going to fight. Yeah, I, I it's think... It's a two-party system. It's like Auburn, Alabama. I think I'm done. I'm kind of dumb over it. Um, I like when an Alabama fan says, and those guys from Auburn are just stupid. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's I mean, my they point. live five minutes from the guy. <laughs> that's my point. Like, <laughs> each team is going to talk about, we got a great head coach. And then, you know, their cabinet's going to be, got to have a good quarterback. and. <laughs> And they're just going to hate each other anyway. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. Well, so I brushed past it. Now, I have, I don't know if I, we haven't spoken, but I just wrapped up this crazy job uh, for a month. And you told me a little bit about it. two months of housing the homeless, Reggie. Well, it's. Well, a, a, it's very admirable. I know that's not why you did it. You did it for the money. I, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> so don't try to I get any get, brownie points. No, no, no. I did get paid. Um, but it was... Uh, <laughs> I like to give, too. It was uh, a company workforce that, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was an experience. I'll put it that way. It was rewarding and terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So... It was COVID related. COVID related. There was a program. The company was was workforce. There's different branches of it, but there was a Salt Lake City program where they figured out it was cheaper to house people living on the street than it is to maintain the yeah the cost of keeping it up. Okay. So I like that. Someone took the the ball and. COVID came around and it was just a good way to try to, and actually the New Orleans, we ended up getting everybody out of our program. I heard San Francisco was a nightmare if you've ever been to San Francisco. That's got to be the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. <laughs> of, of, of panhandlers. Of, oh or, my God. They're just homeless in general, but. Uh, yeah, I remember driving uh, with Amy when we were going through San Francisco on one of our trips. And she said, I think you're in the Tenderloin. And I was like, well, what what the hell is the Tenderloin? Because I wanted to drive by and see the stadium, um, the, the baseball stadium, football stadium that they had built. And um, it's right near this Tenderloin, which, you know, you think, oh, you go to New Orleans and you see where the homeless are underneath the interstate right there. Yeah. And then there's another section that has them. Okay. Well, the Tenderloin is like... A square mile of it, and it's it's unbearable in San Francisco. It, it you can't get you can't get away. I was going twenty five miles an hour, and a crackhead ran right in front of me. I I think I hit like her finger with my bumper, but she got through. She she passed. She ran through it, and I mean, I could just imagine. Roll them up. Had I roll them up? Had I actually hit her? And had to stop with thousands of people around there. And then I'm, I mean, what am I going to do? I mean, yeah. that's when you got to kind of keep driving you and know, then call the cops. I, I entered into it with a, 
really just zero expectations and I came out the other side. I feel like a changed man, but I'll put it this way. I, I had a group text going with friends of mine that are asking me, how's the job going? How's the job going? And my, my response to a group was, well, saw my first wheelchair fight today. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't see that uh, in my job. No, I. Uh, but I'd like know, to. I, we're did okay. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people with mental issues, and of course, there's your drug-related issues as well. But I mean, in the in the depths of it, you meet these people that are just incredible, like this guy, old man Pork Chop. Yeah. Robert McGee, a good find of another. And you end up showing up to work for those people that you really, you want to see them do well. Yeah. Some, I just yeah. believe that were just, they were harder to, to, to wrangle. I'll put yeah. It that. But you, you kind of didn't want to see them. <laughs> well, there was a few times where I was, felt like I was, my life was in peril. <laughs> but for the most part, it really was a, Life changer. Life changer. That's awesome, man. He probably Pork, put Pork a Chop is actually a celebrity in there. Uh, uh, Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson okay. befriended him in Florida. And okay. There was a little news blip on it uh, where he went so, and bought him some clothes and put him up for a few days. And then he moved to New Orleans. And he ended up in New Orleans. Another scenario that I'll tell you briefly, there was a... Uh, a guy we called Doc, Charles Jones, he was a doctor in the military marine doc. Yeah. Did several tours in Afghanistan. One of the security guards, Warren, shows up to work and goes, Doc, what are you doing here? This guy had operated on the security guard's knee in Afghanistan. Now, if that's not just like some kind of nexus of the universe... How did I end up here? Yeah. Was that some PTSD I think stuff so, you or know, just drugs? Or? I think a little bit of all of the above. Yeah. You know, just go off the beaten path a little bit. and His mind is gone and, you know. You, well, you must have, from your perspective, that motivation to go and just be involved with getting them through their next, day or their next meal or maybe the hope that they could get back to some normalcy had to be just without question there were long days 12 hour days i I promise you when i get when i got back to my little modest house in my in my that you used to complain my little neighborhood this felt like a castle yeah yeah well and that i love hearing that because the same thing i mean i i I bitch and moan about you know where you know whatever and realize how much i have and uh, absolutely well it was also just a good perspective and it's a breather from the music business which is non-existent right now so i had to kind of that's ridiculous find something to do with my time it's not strumming a guitar why don't musicians stand up and revolt I think they are. I think they're doing that. Like, Aren't they doing that in Oregon let's or do Seattle? It. Let's do it. No. <laughs> let's do it like in the South or somewhere where they're not restricted so much. Maybe go to uh, Florida or Texas where you got some 
you know, more open. I, I It's probably because more musicians are more left-leaning and don't want to, they, they, they feel more about the spread yeah. and they're worried more about that than their careers and their well-being. <laughs> well, it's, I think most most of us just want to play and be seen. But I think that works both ways. There's music lovers out there that are just losing their minds. Right. Not being able to go to shows. and That goes for football games, too. I mean, look. I haven't even cared I still haven't football. quite figured out the when there's no people at these games on television. This crowd noise, man. Somebody's really working that <laughs> that crowd noise. Control. It's like applause, old, applause, uh, applause. The old Sanford and Son audience, you know. Disgruntled, <laughs> disgruntled, disgruntled. You'd hear all those claps and laughs and all that, and and can the can laughter. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out this whole football thing. I mean, Ohio State, first of all, has played like five or four games, and they're going to be. In the playoffs, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, it's hard for me to put a lot of stock in college football. I think that they should be penalized for not playing like LSU did, or like you know this SEC did. You don't do it. You made those decisions. You don't get to be in the playoff. Maybe I'm just crying over spilt milk because my team's not very good this year, Reggie. But I just it just feels I I couldn't agree with you more. It's a uh, so, I don't feel like your team, and which is the same team as my team, it's your same as your team. is even the same team as they were last year. I don't even want to mention They don't have the name. same people. No, it's, a hard, it's hard to watch. It's like one or two people from last year, and they both just left. <laughs> so, like Pete and Joe. Joe and Pete, Pete and Joe. <laughs> well, when you got two quarterbacks splitting the role, that means you don't have any quarterback. That's a good comment. Well, and they're also wet behind the ears. I mean, you, it's a you scrimmage see their talent. It's a, it's a scrimmage year anyway, yeah. Reggie. That's what I'm. At least that's what I'm telling myself. We're just Joe, practicing this year. Joe Burrow wouldn't have been good his freshman year. Okay. No, no and he was not as good his junior year this as he is, was his senior year. This is the journey of a quarterback or a player is. Unless you're like a cornerback where it's just athleticism and you go, I'm guarding you man to man. There is no freshmen that come in and are ready for prime time to go against an Alabama, Auburn, uh, any of the SEC caliber defenses. So these guys, I don't put a lot of pressure on them. I don't, I don't have any problem with them. Um, I, I don't have any problem with the coaches because they're freaking – both sides of the ball, everyone's brand new, pretty much. I mean, you tell me. I tell you who, who was it at uh, at beat Texas recently? A great game, Iowa State, maybe. Was it Iowa State or Indiana? Campbell or? is the head coach. Uh, it's who Earl Saban. <laughs> recommended this guy when he left to go coaching the Bigs. Of course, okay. we didn't hire this guy. We hired Lester. Well. Grass-eating. Don't go. <laughs> Grass-eating Jayhawk. <laughs> oh. But it was a model. great game, and I've been enjoying the Oregon-Oregon State game. It was fun to watch, but 
Alabama LSU was not. Let's just put it that way. No, we came out we came out hotter than a two dollar pistol and <laughs> just you knew hotter you knew than a go kart muffler. You knew it was going downhill. Um, even our best player that they say is our best player, uh, Stingley, can't guard their receiver. You put them up ten times one on one, the guy's gonna catch ten balls. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I've washed my hands with my beloved Tigers. However, stay with them though. The Saints, on the other hand, yeah, minus the Drew Brees, yeah, are kicking ass. Mm. That doesn't this that doesn't feel like scrimmage to me. That feels like a real season. Well, even though there are no fans at those either. I'm gonna tell you this. I almost, and I I I I've watched the Saints all year long. That last game with the Falcons, when they almost blew it, that was that was I was about to have a conniption uh, with the, that one because four four times we had a chance to score, and we didn't score, and it it shouldn't even have been a game. So I want that to not be a oh, that ice inkling Coke. of the future. That ice cold Coca Cola sure cracks open oh, my eyes. God, I love the Shasta. Is that what you're drinking? A fresca? It's well, it's a fresca, half fresca, half Shasta, <laughs> um, and half Czech cola that I've mixed in, and it is yummy. Got a good fire. Uh, this is a Stroh's I'm drinking. A fire brew. <laughs> Alex got that for we you. We need to probably pause. Was that for Alex it. who brought that for you? <laughs> yeah, that's from Stroh's. We need, we, we can do, do we need to pause for our other sponsor, Bartles and James uh, <laughs> Wine Coolers? Wine Cooler. They were always standing in the middle of a water, mm. the water, the water field with their berries. Well, um, well, that is just such a cool story about your your uh, experience. Well, what? yeah, I mean, it, it, you know... That ended. What have you been doing since then? on the music. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many Zoom things I've been on or watching music that way, and it's just... It just doesn't do it for me, man. Mm-hmm. I like to be... A, I want to be at a, mm-hmm. at a show, and I have played some solo... If you're going to be in your underwear watching a band, you want to be <laughs> yeah, there in person. I know. Right? I so, mean, you're not going to sit there... <laughs> the, it was the reporter that just got busted. Oh, Lord have mercy. Come the guy on, from man. CNN. He had a tie and a shirt on, but nothing he, else. He, he spent the last three years criticizing Donald Trump for <laughs> Russia or for whatever his indiscretions. else. And then here he is. Uh, Pulling jerk, his pud on his the... chain uh, <laughs> after a big po- uh, Zoom call. I mean, come on, dude. Beating his meat like you'd owed him money. <laughs> and it was... Uh, <laughs> oh. How'd you like to be known for that? You know, mm-hmm. He could have had the greatest journal, journalist career. I mean, he could have covered the best stories of his life this year. Yeah. Leading up to this. But this is what he's going to be known for. Yeah. And he's got such a unique face. Like, in other words, you don't forget that guy, his face, and then you think about what he was doing, and you're like, it's just, it's a, it's never going to go away. 
And I, I, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's kind of I mean, like Harvey of a Harvey Updike. He probably was a really wonderful grandfather and maybe even a good dad. Yeah. That his kids or grandkids love him, but he's only going to be known as yeah. the guy that poisoned the trees. There was a guy that I worked with that we had a conference call and there were, it was me him and three women on this conference call and you know you could mute this was back you know 10 15 years ago you could mute yourself and we're talking and talking and talking and all of a sudden we hear (laughs) and you hear like was he on the throne you hear the toilet paper roll you hear the flush and you're just like, we're all sitting there, and I'm getting a side side text from one of the people on the call. It's like, is Sydney, that, is that you? <laughs> is that you? And I go, hell no. And so we all knew who it was. I can tell one of you out there is really, <laughs> really mad at what we're talking about here in this meeting. If you have an opinion, speak up. Don't just grunt like that. So it, it got around, and I mean, there was just nothing he could do. I mean, it's just, there was no like, well, maybe... He didn't, it was like, we could hear every bit of it. Um, so, and I hate to be crude, but that, you know, that this is real stuff that's happening now. On these Zoom calls, um, you, you've got to put on your, put on your best. Put on your pants, at least. Just put some shorts on. You don't need pants. Unless keep, you get up and walk around, I just keep the camera. It's all about the top. a little bit higher. Your top, <laughs> and your and your. Uh, Better zoom in on your Zoom call. You know, you want to wash your face. So, anyway, I think that's going to be the new norm, and that's going to be the future of work. Uh, companies are figuring all that stuff out. It's pretty interesting stuff. Well, I mean, it. It's like the lack thereof or need for office space if you got but I would think you know what really kind of bums me out and I've learned it over the Thanksgiving breaks that you want to gather. You wanna gather, mm-hmm. especially Christmas time. I always want a highball with my friends at a, at a you know, at a cocktail party. Yeah. With a bad Christmas sweater on, and that just, well, it's just not the wise thing to do. I would say that. But you want to push the envelope open and do it anyway. And there's always at a Christmas party, let's say an average Christmas party is 60 people, or let's cut it back to 30. What do you want to say? 30? I've gotten to the point where. But I'm going somewhere with this. What do okay. you think the average size of a Christmas party is? 30 or 60? I, you know, 60, 75, right. 70 people. Okay. So, can't do that anymore. Damn it. Can't do it. Now, there's about 40% of that 60 people. Okay, so that's about 24 of them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, don't yeah. need to be there. All right, so we get them out of there. Call the herd. But we keep, we keep the ones that you don't want there, though, that are going to cause the most drama. So you pick the the high target drama of the twenty four and keep them in the party. Conversation starters. You've got your thirty six steady people, and let's say ten percent of that uh, other group 
so let's say three or four of them. Let's keep them there. Keep the drama, high drama. I kind of like potential that idea. for argument, fight, uh, throw up, uh, conversation pieces, if you will. <laughs> the ones who are going to be doing tequila shots. <laughs> you keep them there. Oh my god! I don't want that happening though. I do too. I'm going to a party. I'm, we're go- I'm going Friday night. I think I'm going to ask you to come too. This tomorrow, this this Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. I'm gonna bring you. You coming with? Coming. You coming my, with? Can I wear my antlers? You can wear your new dungaree jeans. My new from dungaree. Lee. Your Lee. My new Jordan jeans. <laughs> my so fine jeans. Now I got. Tell me about that experience because you you told me you called me the other day to actually ask me. Where does a man <laughs> does buy man jeans by? these days? Because uh, I don't have jeans except one pair that I bought ten years ago. So in the area we the live map. in, Reggie, for for we just there's not any place to go buy a pair of jeans. So I had to go across the uh, the big um, pond, if you will, to uh, listen to the Christmas music blaring, and I found a pair. But it's uh, it's not any fun out there. Shopping, I don't, you know, I I don't really, I haven't gone into stores a lot, but I tell you, it's, it's bare bones. It, the the shelves have been high waist, mid waist. I'm just saying, the shelves have been cleared. There's no one helping you. Like the employees are kind of gone. I think a lot it's of a the skeleton crew. Stolen. I think the stuff's getting stolen. Skeleton crew at these places that uh, that you know, you're pretty much helping yourself. And I'm masked up, of course. I'm trying to be careful. Can't breathe with those glasses on and a mask. Washing my hands, you know, a lot. But Jeez Louise. I didn't linger too long. I found a pair of dungarees. Some Jerbo jeans. Um, yeah. It's really Do nice they pair of Jerbos. The, the white tag? Have the white deep tag. Deep pocket, deep front pockets. You keep your lighter in them. $54 and change. No. <laughs> It's no fun. I'm gonna have to go back to the good old fashioned Jeff Bezos way of shopping for clothing like the rest of the world. But yeah, I mean that is a good way to shop. I'm 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 not a big fan of walking into a place and uh, I'm not a mask either. on with glasses because I can't read the damn price tag. Well. Just sticking my toes in the water there to go shop for clothes, I realized that Christmas shopping is going to be a big time drag. <laughs> so, you got you got a lot to buy. I'm going to add more stress to the Amazon workers. Have you ever heard about Amazon employees have a high stress level? No. To try to get that stuff out in a day or. So they're Two becoming days. the new post office? It's a high suicide rate at Amazon. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean... But you want it tomorrow, Reg. You want it in two days. Well... I'm not going to wait I guess I wouldn't five be, days. I wouldn't be a good Amazon employee because I'd be like, look, bro, I'm going to get it when I get it there. Well, you notice that the boxes they come in are don't necessarily fit the product sometimes. They just got to... Jam it in and... <laughs> guesstimate the yeah. size and put it in the box that they think will be apropos for it so you'll get it in the mail but the, these drivers have a tough time finding them in their trucks to get them out to you well it's but, a very uh 
de- decentralized organization. So there had like I know a guy who run who has all the trucks around here, and uh, he doesn't really work for he doesn't work for Amazon. He's got his own company that it has a truck franchise that delivers. Well, so there it is. You know, I don't know about the Amazon employees. Anyone. But it's not a very festive way to shop, you know. I can't, you know, even though I might have to listen to simply having a wonderful Christmas time in the background. There's no, you don't get to go. Uh, no, I did do your Clark Griswold. I did uh, hear going into the uh, lingerie shop and having the girl <laughs> show you that there's no no lines, Russ. Look, Russ, no lines on the hips. <laughs> Just blouse, blouse browsing. Uh. I did have a fun moment at uh, not to you know. I was given the old Dillard's store a try, and every thirty seconds, the there was an announcer coming on going, "Jingle bells, jingle bells, call the front desk. Jingle bells, call the front desk." Then now, was, was this a male it, or female voice? It was, it, they switched because I think they were losing their minds because the, the, the volume was real high. Well, then it turned to Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Call the front desk. Nutcracker. So front you're desk. telling me... And it just kept happening. That someone, it, <laughs> someone's job was to, was to say, uh, Rudolph, Rudolph. Please come to men's underwear. I am not kidding you. Silver bells. <laughs> silver bells. You're needed in the front desk. Silver bells. And it was just all for Christmas festivities. It so got, some jackass is a manager. It got to the point where I'm like, that said, y'all need I am to do getting this. the fuck out of here. I've had enough. Somebody, some ad wizard came up with the idea of, all right, here's what we're going to do to get the customers happy about Christmas. I don't know if it was just kids playing pranks or what have you. But kids? Nutcracker... Well, you would know the voice. Nutcracker couldn't find his people. I know that. So you're saying that it was a kid's voice. No, no, no. It was the store. It was the okay. store employee's voice. But, you know, I can imagine the people coming up all day going, yeah, yeah, man, I'm looking for my friend Candy Cane. Can you tell Candy Cane to meet us at the if info booth that, that's that's oh, you what really I'm think that over the intercom wrong? <laughs> if you had to be there to understand i would think nutcracker was... came nutcracker i don't know who you are but i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get to the bottom of this jim i believe it was some jackass manager that said you know i think the customers would find it funny if I did we not. If i found we... it after five minutes i was ready to <laughs> strangle somebody Jingle bells came oh, up. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay. Rudolph. Well, I hadn't been shopping. Rudolph, you so. needed in lingerie. Rudolph. I'm an online shopper. I am now. And have done none of it yet. So hopefully these son of a bitches can deliver before <laughs> December 24th. <laughs> Bezos will get it done. Yeah, I hope so. That ball-headed bastard will get it done. You know he will. So, um, you Where spent you for, some time up in Monroe, Louisiana. I did. I was up there for, for turkey and dressing. Did you see any of the old high school buddies? I did, man. It's always hysterical. How are they holding up? I know how you've 
you know, it's like you are when you get around those people that that know you better than anyone on the planet. Right. They knew you when you were crying over your little bobo. I knew you when you had snot coming out of your nose. You fell down in their front yard and... (laughs) It was, uh, it's always a lot of fun. There's a, uh, you know, I enjoy going home. I grew up in, I guess you knew I grew up in Monroe. Monroe, Monroe. Louisiana, where they sell insurance. Home of the famous Sal's Tavern. Sal's Tavern. <laughs> Neville Tigers. Taco Bandito. Have Never taco. heard of Taco oh, Bandito. Yeah. That's, that's your loss, my friend. I've been to it's Sal's. A, it's a staple of Monroe to go buy a Taco Bandito for it. I've been to Bayou de Seard. Yes. I've been at the... Uh, what what's the the Seared Country Club? Right, the Seared Country Club. And I've I've played a full game of po- swimming pool basketball with about eight other hammerheads that smashing each right. other, smashing each other after we get drunk and just playing in the shallow end. And we that were way too old right. to be playing in there with all these kids in the pool. But uh, you know, it's a lot of fun in Monroe. Monroe has that way of drawing me into where I, you know, there's only so many things to do in Monroe. So eventually you're going to end up with your peeps getting into some, some whiskey. Yeah. Forget who married the girl from Monroe that lives here in St. Tammany, but I laughed so hard. He talked about going to a Christmas party in Monroe. And he said, man, Jim, y'all boys in Monroe, man, you guys like to get yeah fucked up. It it reminds me of the Delta of Mississippi in that area because you got Louisiana, you know, with the Cajuns. You got New Orleans. You got maybe your Florida parishes and your. Uh, Shreveport, I, but there is nothing like Monroe. No. And it's, it's the same thing with Mississippi. Same. They have different areas of the state, but then you go into the Delta and it's just kind of a different deal. You're, you're too true about that because Monroe is singular and it's how it's Monroe, but like southern, it's a little further south with the Alexandria, say, yeah. in the state of Louisiana. They don't know if they're coon asses or rednecks Boom. in Alexandria. Bam. <laughs> That, they can't that, decide. That, that is exactly right. They can't decide if they're just full on rednecks. Pick one. But I find kind of strange similarities between here. I know you grew up Hammond. You damn right I did. And I have similarities between St. Tammany and Washtenaw Parish, where I grew up. I don't know. It's just kind of some strange similarities that I find. But there's definitely some different breeds in the state. Hammond is unique because. Uh, at some point, a large amount of Sicilians. Oh, hey, hey! Forget about it. Came there uh, back. You gotta in get the, the matzo though. At the turn of the century, I guess. I think it was back in the end of the eighteen. Yeah, turn of the century. A lot of Sicilians came into the U.S. Some get of that them, Some you of them get went that to on some, the matzo dough. Some of them went to uh, New Orleans. Some of them went to New York. Uh, and a lot of them from New Orleans that came into New Orleans decided to go be strawberry farmers <laughs> up there. 
And they brought the Gabagool. The Gabagool. I think they're the, that's the influence of New Orleans that I've always loved. And of course, it's it's New Orleans where they, they, they do a little, they almost sound like North Jersey. Yeah. But they'll take a street like Calliope and call it Calio. Well. A, a street like Burgundy. What do they call it? Burgundy. Burgundy. But you're you're generalizing because you got <laughs> you got your Kenyat. Oh, I know. You I got know. your West Banker. <laughs> you got somebody from the Night Ward. Shalmations. Uh, Shalmet. There is no they. They're all different. Oh, no. I've heard New Orleans. I've heard New Orleans. I've heard New Orleans. I've heard New Orleans. You don't hear New Orleans, but uh, there is no people ask me all the time from all over the country, like, oh yeah, say it. Say it, Nolans, Nolans, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've never heard one person say Nolans ever, except for the guy who used to promote something naturally Nolans or whatever, and it, it wasn't even true. No one says that. So I like to do my generic, you know, kind of who dat. Who Hey guys, how you doing over there? How about those Saints? Who dat? Huh? Who dat? Huh? The first time I heard the term hoodat was well before it became popular with the Saints. There was a kid on my baseball team when I was 10, 11 years old named Rabbit. We called him Rabbit. And he would sing. He was fast, I, I take He it. was not fast. He should have been fast. That's the thing. We were like, why do they call you Rabbit? They need to call you like Sloth. But he looked like he was fast. He looked like he should be fast. But anyway, he would say... So we were Land of Sports. That was our team. That was the, the, the athletic yeah. shop that sponsored us was yeah. Land of Sports. We had those teams. It's like Tr- Chico, Nichols, Chico's Bail Bonds. Gaylord's Clothing. We right, had those. Right. Flavor-rich milk. We were Land of Sports. And uh, we were a uh, perennial uh, powerhouse in Little League Baseball. Dixie Youth in um, Hammond, Louisiana. Did you have... Was there a guy named Lupus and Tyler... Tanner. We didn't have And them. Kelly. But we did have nicknames. We had nicknames. We had a guy named Rerun. We had a guy named Sugar Bear. We had all these nicknames. And Rabbit was one Ogilvy. of them. Ogilvy. And so, so Rabbit, one day, just in the, in the dugout, just started going, Who that said they're going to beat them sports? Who that? Who that? And so I was just like, what the hell is this guy doing? You so, were mesmerized. So we, we, that was our chant. And so when I heard the Saints doing it, like 10 years later, I was like, dude, we've been, the, we've been saying this since 1978, brah. <laughs> so, yeah, good times. Who, Dave? That's, that's the Bengals. Don't you, they, they, they copped a little. The Bengals? The Bengals. That's their slant. That's their chant for their football games. Who day? Do you know that? The Cincinnati Bengals? I'm pretty sure. That's their who day. Oh, shit. They need to say, uh, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Well, no Joe, no go. Now, <laughs> I... Uh, Poor guy. We had those. They better, base, get, better get some offensive linemen in there. Help our the baseball out. teams in Monroe were the same. We had Monroe, Monroe Police. 
That was one of the gays teams. clothing was always a funny one. Gays clothing. Gays clothing. Okay. That's the team you wanted to be on in nineteen seventy seven. As a kid, right? It was like as with, a little boy. Political correctness was nowhere in sight and you're like, Who do you play for? I play for gays, gays clothing. clothing. Okay. Flavor rich milk. It was I was on Troy and Nichols, which is a, I guess some attorney firm, but uh <laughs> I I watched the Bad News Bears in Breaking Training the other night, which I preferred that one to the first one because it was kind of like, you know, they went to the Astrodome and... They went to Japan. Well, that was the third one. Breaking Training was when they went to the Astrodome. And so when we won our... I'm thinking of? It's not, it's not Ogilvy. Who was the... Kelly Leak. Not Kelly Leak. There was Tanner. Engelbert. It was Lupus Engelberg. He was the catcher, Mike. Yes. Big target, Mike. Engel, Big target. Engelberg. He would eat the, <laughs> the candy coach. bars at, at behind home plate there. He sat he he sat on the toilet with a bucket of KFC. And they opened the door at the hotel in Houston and he said, Get the hell out of here. Or shut the damn door. Uh, he's eating a bucket of chicken on the toilet. That's right. So and who was the booger eating spaz? That was uh, that was Lupus. Tanner would call I don't, Lupus, Lupus didn't eat his boogers. Was a booger eating spaz, they called him. He did. My, I don't call him that. Uh, but yeah, Lupus was the one that uh, got hurt and couldn't go to Houston. Funny. And they did it for the instead of the Gipper, they did it for the Looper. It was never as good without Math, Walter Mathau though. The coach. Yeah, he was pretty damn good drinking the beer in the 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 dugout. (laughs) I think they tried to remake it with Billy Bob Thornton, and I I I didn't watch it. No, no, no. It's kind of like they remake The Longest Yard. I'm not going to watch that one either. I think my favorite part of the first one was the kid Rudy Stein... Every time Rudy kept Stein... Kept all the stats. Every, no, kept, no, that was, that was Ogilvy. That was Ogilvy. That Rudy was Stein was the one that would go and... and, and uh, he would take the hit. He and, would take the pitch. <laughs> lean into and it. And Boilermaker, would, Buttermaker would say, hey, lean in and take it. <laughs> lean in. And he'd look at him like, it hurts. I don't want to. And he'd be like, damn it, damn it. Damn it, lean into it. We need to get... Stein, you get in there and you lean into it. So he'd get in there, he'd take a shot on the arm, and every time he, and so he did it like twice, and the, and one time he decided not to do it on his own, and freaking Buttermaker grabbed, put his beer down, and grabbed Stein and slung him into the dugout and yelled at them all like, "You better listen to me." That's when he was taking it a little too seriously. <laughs> he wasn't drinking enough Budweiser. Rudy Stein. Oh my God. You know, funny as as funny as it seems, we had Troy Nichols. My little league team had a girl on the team. She pitched, but that's not. And that was around the same time as that came out, huh? Or maybe right after. Very much so. We had the same yellow, piss yellow color in our uniform. Okay, we were maroon and white. Um, No girls. We had girls that were cheering us on. Dell, Dell, she was one of our pitchers. Yeah. I was always bothered by it, but, you know, it's literally, what are you going to do? Well, there was a lady by the name of a Kim Mulkey oh. in Hammond. Louisiana Tech. She ended Kim up at, Mulkey. She ended up at Louisiana Tech. Her son played baseball at LSU. Son played baseball at LSU. She was a hell of a good, 
She's athlete. a coach at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, women's coach. Well, she played on the Land of Sports team. Hey, see. Uh, before I did, you know, several years before me. But uh, she was apparently the the girl that had played baseball in Hammond. Yeah. And um, unbelievable. My Aunt Judy, my Aunt Judy was one of those gals. I was always told she could knock them out of the park. Wow. That's yeah. where you get it, huh? I get it from my dad. <laughs> I get it from my dad. Aunt Judy. Aunt Boy, I, Judy. Run, I, I run just like my Aunt Judy. <laughs> Fast, like, like the wind I run. <laughs> Aunt Judy was a good athlete. She really was. I'm trying to get my kid. He, he's, he's, he's running. And it, you know, some people, they run, it comes natural. Some it's like run you like know, a duck. It's it, they don't know what they're doing, and uh, my kid runs like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> if you've ever seen that front lean with the arms pumping, and I just try to get him. And I and I had a coach at one get of the those base- arms in tire boy at one of the baseball camps I went to. He was a he's a famous running coach. I think he worked with the Dodgers. He worked looks like an octopus falling out of a tree the way you run. <laughs> This guy worked with a LSU Tiger baseball team, and uh, he said, "You run like you walk. Just start walking fast and start pumping those arms, and you run like you walk. Do you walk like this? <laughs> Do you walk like this?" So he would teach us. He's the same guy that said, "A hat is a piece of equipment. No, it's not a. It's I not don't want accessory. you holding your hat up high or." It's not an accessory. It's a part a piece of your of equipment. equipment. It blocks the sun. And that's what I learned how to wear a hat. My dad, who was a fantastic athlete, I'll never forget him telling my sister in the front yard where we're throwing, he would go, Damn it, Beth, you're throwing like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, there but you I would always go, But dad, sh- she is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I'm trying to help your sister. She's throwing like a girl. Well, that's what I try to tell my sons is, all right, right now. Let's see what this RC Cola tastes like. <laughs> I say, right now, I'm not your father. I am your coach. So Boiler make, butter maker. I'm going to say some things that maybe a father shouldn't say to a son, <laughs> but a coach needs to say to a player. Your hitting's for shit. <laughs> right. There's a hole in your glove. Yeah. And by God. Here's what you're good at. Here's what you're bad at. You can't run. You can't throw. You can't hit. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, you try to not be too hard on your kids, but you also want to share a bunch of information. And they would rather hear it from a coach, third party, than a father. Trust me on that one. Of course, you never really like the player, coach, the, the kid. The the kid Not whose dad was coaching the team, he was always, you know... Not always. Was always Not there always. There was always a little friction there between dad and son, but there was also the favoritism of, well, of course my son's going to start at quarterback. I'm the coach. Yeah. And he might and he might have been a really, really shitty quarterback. There were some, there were some players like that that I dealt with and there were some players that were sons that were some of the coolest like best guys ever so it's up to the relationship pretty much totally if the dad is trying to pressure them to be good that's when the issue happens 
if the dad's just letting them kind of play and do the deal, that's different. I had a good experience actually with that. Uh, Your old man coach? No. Saul Graves, who ended up playing mm-hmm. quarterback for LSU for a while, was my S-O-R. Pop S-O-R. Warner quarterback. And his dad, White Graves, was our coach. Chinese bandit. And my dentist, by the way. I didn't know that. But that was a good experience. Saul was a good, Saul was a good Saul dude. Saul was a good dude and a good quarterback. Very good guy. <clears throat> Saul was a good dude. I remember his first pass ever as an LSU quarterback was to slip Watkins. There it is. Caught an out, pa- out pass about five yards and slipped, took it to the house. Never did anything after that. Really, either one of them. And, and not to say they weren't talented. Yeah. Just didn't get the opportunity, I think. But uh, I remember, I, I'm pretty sure that was the first pass he threw at LSU. We had a, you know. You can check me on that. <laughs> His dad, White Gross, is my dentist. He was, you know, a Chinese band at LSU is considered the, the top. The pantheon of, oh, yeah. of badasses for LSU players, but he didn't like to use Novocaine as a kid. He was tough. He was a tough. <laughs> he was a tough. Yeah, what guy. about the laughing gas? I didn't take to Novocaine. What either. about the laughing gas? No laughing gas. So just let's get in there. And let's go ahead and just drill, drill. Into this thing, get it over with, and we'll yeah. get you some ice cream. Oh my God! My dentist gave me the laughing gas, and then would put the the, the shot into my gum and it was the weirdest experience of my life because my head was spinning and I could see that light and I was I was basically spinning around the light hearing these crazy noises with the laughing gas. I was basically as I was like on LSD it felt like and then not that I would know. And then he would uh, stick me no, he would I stick me so weird. he would stick me with the needle and it yeah. would hurt so much the needle would always hurt worse than the and then it, i would never can get completely deadened but see now what they do is they rub the gum with this thing this just uh numbing system that's the new way <laughs> and then if you put a needle in it you can't even feel the needle see, where i'm was like that? why in the hell where was that holy Smokes. When you think about progress, <laughs> that like, like for like that defines it right there. We, you don't need a, to get me drugged up on LSD where was and that? stick me with a needle. You can just rub something that where was, numbs where it. Where was that shit when I was <laughs> dreading going to the dentist? <laughs> it still sucks. I love trust me. Grapes. When you can smell your he was teeth, this awesome man. But I always knew that the needle was not going to take. It's kind of like, you know, in the where, where was this progress when I was learning how to play guitar where I could go to, <coughs> now I could go to YouTube, Reggie, learn how to play Stairway to Heaven on the guitar, learn how to replumb your sink. I mean, back in the day, I was moving the needle back on the album to try to learn the song That's over crazy. and over again. Now they I teach learned. everything. You're right. I like when my dad calls me and goes, now, I don't have YouTube, but can you come over and get me YouTube? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> I'd like to... I'd like to YouTube. Son. I like to go to the bank, but they won't let me in the damn building. 
without a mask, and I forgot my mask, come so get- I'd like to make a deposit. Can you bring me a mask? Can you come Shazam me over here? Right. I'm trying to figure out. I like this song. That Take your, your iPhone. <laughs> Take a picture of the check. Send it to your bank. It's funny. And then their ringers. The ringers that they have when you're uh, well, just sitting I, there I have watching your TV. I have a page. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, are you getting a call? She goes, No, that's a text. <laughs> that's a text. Okay. I'm really going to go back about to my beeper, my pager, if you will. Yeah, that's probably good. That way they can't track you. You remember those guys that would look down at their, at their belt, you know, if, if they're sitting there eating lunch and they go, Okay, yeah, it's this number. I got to call this number back. <laughs> Let me run and go get the. Let me go run and go use the payphone real quick. I'll be right back. You don't see a payphone. <laughs> no, you, you don't see a payphone. What else do we not see anymore? Phone booths in general. Pay phone, phone booth. Uh, there was an actual rotary movie dial. Phone booth. Rotary dial telephones. Home phones. Home yeah. phones in general. Mm-mm. Et phone home. What about? Driving a standard car. You don't see a lot of standard cars anymore. No gear shifts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm in the market for a new car within the next 12 months. Overalls. You don't see overalls anymore. You do. Coveralls, if you will. You see that on uh, the alligator show. (laughs) That old boy in Hammond. We were talking about the, the the remakes that Bad News Bears didn't watch. The Name long, a remake. The Longest, longest yard, yard was horrible. Didn't watch. Yeah. I'm not going to watch Adam Sandler. I'm going to watch Bert. Yeah. Compare but, Adam Sandler to Bert. He's going to be crew? No. No. There's no way. I He's going to be they caretaker, him, maybe. They made, him, they made him caretaker in the... I mean, come on. No, they made, they made Chris Rock caretaker. Oh. Chris Rock was caretaker. There's certain things that I just, there's just, they're, they're, you, you, you don't fix what's not broken. Like if they ever try to make. Could you make the Bad News Bears? If again? they ever try to remake Cool Hand Luke, for instance, oh, I will boycott my boy Luke. I need Luke, 50 eggs. Luke, the best in the world. Sit next to my boy. That's my boy Luke. <laughs> the boy ate 50 eggs. <laughs> Sometimes nothing's a real cool hand. <laughs> <laughs> what we got here is failure to communicate. <laughs> that is the best movie. I swear, I love that movie. You never gonna get used to them chains, Luke. <laughs> That's my boy. You never get used to the sound of the clinking. <laughs> Everybody, take a good look at Luke. Cool hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the movie theater by my house is officially closed. So, okay. Which kills me because I like a good, you know, rainy afternoon matinee. But for this brief stint. The picture show is what my grandfather show. used to call it. The picture show. Well, they had it open. It was 
three months after COVID hit. So they opened it briefly, and there there were no new movies to release, so they were just playing old movies. Nice. I saw what was playing one day. I was like, I'm going to go. I don't care what was playing. Tell me what, was, what they had. Reggie, I saw Jaws. Okay. Jaws on the big screen. We talked about that last time. Did we? Yeah. Jaws. It was fantastic. We talked about Jaws. What else? What else? Well, I didn't go see anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I'm wishing it was Cool and Luke. Oh, shit. Or Bad News Bears. Or, uh, I tell you what. White Lightning. Any other Burt Reynolds movie would, would have done well for me. Gator. I, I loved Gator. I loved um, Hooper. And I loved uh, well, the one with Jackie Gleason. Um, Smokey and Smokey the Bandit. And the Bandit. I mean, you can't make that movie again. Give me an El Diablo sandwich to go. Because I'm in a goddamn hurry. <laughs> Ain't nobody chasing me, boy. <laughs> Daddy, a football game. Look, Daddy, a football game. Junior, when I get home, I'm going to slap your mama in the face. Because no there ain't way. no way. You could have come from my loins. <laughs> I know the any Burt Reynolds movie from that era. I'm in. I love it. Stroker Ace. The, I didn't watch Stroker Ace. Oh, is that one I need to add to my YouTube nightly? Well, it's insanely corny. Yeah, and really stupid. Jim well, Neighbors is his is, is okay. his main is his main mechanic. See, his name is Stroker Ace, and Jim Neighbors plays <laughs> Lugs. Harvey. Lug nut. <laughs> so almost as good as the Cannonball Run. Oh, there we go. With with Dom DeLuise. Pum, Him. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, yeah. He and uh, Dean Martin. Dean Martin were the priests. You had um, the two girls were... Uh, what's Shirley McLean. Barbarella. Not Barbarella. What was her name from Maud? The 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 bombshell. Adrian Barbo. Barbo. Oh yeah. They drove the Lamborghini. Isn't it amazing the women back in those days that were sexy that Adrian Barbo was not what you'd call a beauty. But no. she was sexy. Yeah. Curvy. Natural. natural. <laughs> All natural. All White. natural. <laughs> I'm going to have white pistachio. Pistachio nut. White pistachio. Um, what about from the from those days, little gal named Raquel Welch? She was a, a big woman. Jacqueline Bissett. The Deep. That the was deep. the movie, The Deep, right? Was it yeah. The Deep or Deep? The Deep. The Deep. Jacqueline Bissett. She was also in uh, that movie where... Rob Lowe was his, she was Rob Lowe's mother, and the, the, the nerdy guy. Andrew McCarthy, Andrew yeah, McCarthy. what was the name of that? Oh, shit. There's no way. Class. Was it Class? Yeah. yeah. Boy, that, that was. 80s. That was deep. That, yeah. was, a, that was a pull yeah. right there. Yeah. They got in the big fist fight. Almost as good as Private Lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the movies. When you were like 12 and you're like, okay, the parents are down. Put it on the movie channel. 
Birds and the bees. <laughs> well, oh my gosh. I think we're running up on a little time here, Jim, but I tell you what, I enjoyed a, another... Uh, another installment? Installment of our get-togethers, and I, I hope we can do it more often. I think we covered a lot. I would love, I mean, I'd like to delve into more of what's been happening currently, but I feel yeah. like every time we sit down, I'm, we're playing catch-up so fast. Well, under the advice of a really bunch of smart people, we wanted to get one specific topic this time, and we stayed on it. I think we stayed we on it. We covered on that one topic. We really, we're going to make a lot of our friends <laughs> proud that we stayed on that one topic. Yes, sir. All right, well, enjoyed it, Jim. We'll talk. I'll with- hopefully see you again before the Yuletide, but uh, hey, man, Merry Christmas. Let's, let's drink an old-fashioned. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire.